Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is usually not longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. I think my plans were all wrong, and I'm going to change them. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, it's so often the way, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. So... You know, over the last few months, I've I've talked about you know how I've been I've had a bunch of server challenges the past year, just trying to get things scaled and cost managed in in reasonable ways, and was was basically getting nowhere with a lot of it. I tried a bunch of different things that that ended up being either either no benefit or minimal benefit for tons of work and tons of cost. And so, anyway, so you know, server stuff wasn't going great. And my plan has been, as I've discussed on this show and on ATP, my plan has been to. Um, basically to move user data to CloudKit in in Overcast and keep, you know, keep like the servers around in a smaller state for all the feed crawling and stuff like that and notifications and everything, but basically to move the user data part of it, you know, your list of subscriptions, uh, your progress within each episode, you know, that that's the bulk of the data. Um, and, you know, and, and each episode state, like whether it's deleted or played or like that's those things, that's pretty much all my user data. Um, so, but that it's just a a huge volume of very tiny <laughs> flags and stuff on on these rows. Um, so anyway, so my plan was move all that to CloudKit and then keep keep the servers a, as a much smaller thing. Um, and that's why about a month ago I posted a notice on the Overcast web interface saying I was going to discontinue the web interface sometime in 2023 because while there are ways to access CloudKit from servers they are terrible and unreliable i know because i tried using them for my login system for for a few years and it's still there but i've been backing away from it because it's terrible and unreliable (laughs) that's not good for something like login that's a pretty fundamental thing yeah like i had to build this whole qr code thing instead because the cloud kit thing was so unreliable um and and so limited and it's it, it feels like you know you don't really want ever to be in an area of apple's stuff that they that they barely seem to notice or care about. Um, and, and I think CloudKit on the web is clearly one of those areas where, like, yes, it technically exists, but you don't want to build a product on that. Sure. It remains a, a service in their lineup or whatever you might say. <laughs> right, exactly. CloudKit on the web remains remains a service in their lineup. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, basically, I, I, I decided, you know what? Not a lot of people use the web interface. I hate working on it. it it's it's ugly and hideous because I, I I'm not a very good web designer, and I and I you know I just haven't had the motivation or talent or time to work on it. So I was just gonna let it die. And and so I posted this notice saying no more web interface. You know sometime sometime in 2023 I'm gonna take it down. Sorry everyone. I'll find it, I'll figure out some way to make file uploads work. But you know otherwise that'll be it. Over the last week or so, I released a build of Overcast to the App Store. That is still in um, phased rollout, so not everybody has it yet. But um, it has a new analytics stat that I'm measuring, which is how many people have an iCloud account logged in. Because you, in order to use CloudKit, at least to use any kind of private user-specific data, that user on that device has to have an iCloud account logged in. I have since also learned that for that to work for apps, they also need to have iCloud Drive enabled which is a little detail I didn't know until a few days ago. Um, sure. So I, and I posted on Mastodon, by the way, I'm all on Mastodon now, no more Twitter. Um, so I posted on Mastodon. It's, by the way, it's great. I highly recommend anybody out there. It's, if you want to follow all of us nerds talking about nerd stuff um, in, a, in a more peaceful way without all the you know, stuff around Twitter, uh, come to Mastodon. It's great. Uh, anyway, so, 
so I, I posted on there asking basically like, hey, my early data on this stat is suggesting that more people than I expected don't have an iCloud account logged in. Uh, and I asked like, hey, other iOS devs, like, what do your numbers look like for this? Or, you know, what what do I need to know here? Um, and it turns out I, I learned a whole bunch from re- the replies for that. And I'm very thankful to all the people who replied. Um, you know, a key, key takeaways are, again, that iCloud Drive thing where if iCloud Drive is disabled on the device, uh, apps can't use CloudKit. That, that's it. So and, and that's not I, I don't think that's an obvious thing to the users. Um, so that's that's like that's what you know, a lot of people will. They'll go and, and fiddle with settings to, to achieve some goal. Like, you know, we've all seen in our apps that people will, like, you know, quote, force quit our apps in order to, you know, do whatever they think that's going to do. And that can cause, in the past, it has caused problems with things like receiving uh, background updates or notifications or, you know, being able to to refresh. And, and so, anyway, um, so... You know, people tweak settings and you know they they mess with things and then they, and and then things break, but they don't necessarily know why things broke. They might blame us or or email us or whatever else. And this is one of those things where having iCloud Drive disabled just kills CloudKit. And I don't think anyone knows that. I didn't know that as a user. Um, and so that's that's one thing. Also, um, the the big factor that I think I was um, I think under considering or not considering was that I learned from all these responses that most business deployed devices like if you have a phone from work that's mdm managed um, in many cases either icloud itself will be prohibited or at least icloud drive will be prohibited which kills cloud kit yeah and so anyway so uh, this is combining with over the last uh, few weeks since i've since i announced that i was going to kill the web interface I mean, look, my numbers on actual usage of the web interface are very low. It's like, you know, I think it's like less than 1%. I think it's well less than 1% of active users actually use the website every day. Um, It's a a pretty low percentage. The the absolute number is not nothing, but it's not not a huge number. But it's kind of, you know, you just made a, you know, remains of products in our lineup joke. It is kind of the Mac mini of Overcast in the sense that while its actual numbers of usage are low, it a lot of people use it here and there for kind of edge case or unusual uses that the that are not well solved just by having an iOS app. Uh, and and that that turned out to be people kept bringing up over and over again different use cases, and one of them was, "Hey, I listen on my work PC." <laughs> and I'm not, and we're not allowed yeah. to install anything, but I can go and go on your web interface and listen on my work PC. And you know, again, usually I don't do that much to cater to like you know Windows PC users or anything. It's just I don't, that's not my world, and I don't have the resources and everything else. Um, but I heard from so many people who said, "Oh yeah, yeah you know, I I really am sad to, sad to hear this because I use the web interface for X Y Z and." I think I should keep it and I think I should bail on CloudKit because the combination of the web interface being being more used and more useful to people than my stats would have suggested as well as my <laughs> surprisingly high stat of people who don't have iCloud accounts. So right now I, and I'll tell you, you know, right now I'm still in I'm still in like day 3 or 4 of phased rollout uh, of this version, but my 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 no account percentage started out at almost nine percent 
on the first day. Oof. And as the days goes on, is slowly climbing up. <laughs> oh, no. It's, I'm now like 10.5%. And so I think it's probably, it's probably going to stay somewhere in this range, I think, you know, around 10%. Um, and that's a lot. And so when I, when I look at, you know, how many people would not be able to use CloudKit in Overcast, if it's going to be 10%, that's a very high percent. That's, that is too much for me. Because, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not at the point in, in my career where I'm willing to just throw away 10% of, of my users for, for easily avoidable reasons. Um, and the thing is, this is not, you know, this, the, the planned change to CloudKit was not going to be without other downsides. I just had, had decided that they were probably going to be worth it. Um, but it would involve a large amount of work, so, like a huge amount of work. Uh, and, and, you know, of course there's, there's direct cost to that. There's also opportunity cost to that. Like, you know, I could be building other features during that time. Um, so, you know, there's, that's, that's a huge amount of work there. Um, and then I would be taking on risks that I don't currently know about. So for instance, if I hadn't issued this, this build with this analytics stat, I would have just plowed forward and not even realized that I would be killing 10% of my users. And, you know, good thing I learned that now instead of after I built it and switched everything over. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. And also, you know, again, like dealing with, dealing with areas of Apple that are that are not as high of a priority as things like you know the iphone <laughs> you know and and i think CloudKit, i've heard overall pretty good things about it but it does seem like it suffers a little bit from this problem of not being a super high priority not as bad as like you know CloudKit for the web that's that's a whole different degree of low priority um but it, it just CloudKit itself and icloud in general it seems like it's pretty good most of the time but Am I willing to like bet all of my data on pretty good most of the time? And especially since I've, I already have this whole system in place that doesn't use it at all and doesn't need it. So I think that that's a, that's a major factor there. And, and I think I'm learning that, you know, I, the, the, the assumptions I make or the things that I hear or, you know, various, you know, various little data points I can, I can pick up here and there might suggest you know because the, the responses i got when i asked people like what their numbers were for you know how many people didn't have icloud accounts most of their numbers were way lower than mine i did have some that were a little higher that especially things that targeted business users um in particular um but most of their numbers were way lower than 10 percent um but mine aren't and and you know there there is no substitute for having your own numbers from your own user base because those can vary they can vary wildly <laughs> And and what I'm seeing here is this whole assumption I made that you know how, how can how many people are really using an iOS device without an iCloud uh, without without an Apple ID logged in you know that whole assumption um, was not only incomplete in the sense that I didn't realize things like the iCloud Drive thing and stuff like that um, but it, it it just didn't reflect my user base and my actual user base you know pe- people listen to podcasts at work. Like that's a common thing, or you know, a lot of people their only iPhone is their work iPhone. That's a very common thing, um, and and so there are these all these conditions that you know the the plan I had made it just it didn't take into account all these things, or I didn't know all these things. And now that I have more information and more knowledge, now I can see you know what this is a bad idea. It also helps that in the meantime, um, in the over the last couple of months, I also actually 
finally was able to do a few server changes that actually helped. <laughs> that actually worked. Wonderful. <laughs> after yeah. after a whole spring and summer of doing things that didn't work and didn't help, uh, in the fall, I actually, you know, I cleaned up a couple database uh, index, index sets and things like that and, you know, made a few things more efficient and, you know, dropped some unused indexes and columns off some major high traffic tables uh, and it just worked better. Like, and I, I think I bought myself a lot of headroom. So I think I'm just going to keep going with the plan. I already was with, with the, the structure I've already had, just keep going on that and, you know, try to make little improvements where I can, you know, probably stop trying to make massive improvements that, you know, might involve other services and backend stuff that I don't have any experience with. And just keep going with the really simple, you know, MySQL setup that I have now. And, uh, and just get back to working on user features uh, because that's that's what people actually want from me. That's what both my app and my business actually need. Um, and, you know, the server stuff, if, if I can if I can improve server stuff over time, that's great. But I think this is this has shown me like that whole plan turned out to be wrong. And, and I'm not afraid to admit it now. And I'm going to now take down the notice on the website that I'm going to shut it down in 2023 because I think now I'm not going to. This episode of Under the Radar is brought to you by POW, P-O-W, the Swift UI effects and transitions library by moving parts. POW is the perfect tool for adding some excitement to your app's user interface. POW was created by experienced designers and developers to easily integrate even into existing Swift UI apps. And with its simple one-time purchase of $99, you can add professional level effects and transitions to your app without breaking the bank. I've actually been following the creation of POW myself. Um, as I've been getting more and more into Swift UI, I've been finding it really helpful to see them make this and to get a sense of what's possible and to get ideas for little touches and things that I can add to my apps. And then if I do, would you know increase the just that level of polish that it would have. I especially like their change effects, uh, which give UI a really lively feeling. These are visual touches that you can kick off in response to user action, which I feel like really elevate uh, the, the sense of interaction and the pizzazz your your app feel, ends with. Uh, but you can see it for yourself. You don't have to take my word for it. If you Pow has created an example app on GitHub where you can download uh, and see all these effects in action so you can know what you're getting uh, before you do. Uh, if you'd like to check it out, head to movingparts.io slash radar to learn more about POW and to try it out for yourself. And when you're there, you can use code radar at checkout for 10% off on your purchase. That's movingparts.io slash radar and code radar for 10% off. Thanks to POW for Moving Parts for supporting this show, providing developers with a great tool to make stunning user interfaces in SwiftUI, and for their support of all of Relay FM. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a ton of sense to, to which, what you're saying about... And I feel like in some ways this is a a good endpoint for one of the things that I've been learning this in 2022 is this this reality of sort of having ideas but then verifying them or exploring them with numbers before you act on them or before you go too far down a road. And I feel like and this is like that perfect example where it's so easy I think to make assumptions about our users, about their preferences, about their setups. Uh, sort of assume that they're, you know, similar to us, that they have setups and preferences that are similar to ours, whatever that might be, and to end up sort of shoehorning ourselves into directions, places, features that in reality aren't as, you know, in practice going to be that impactful. And obviously, like, you, I feel... Earlier in my career, or earlier in this year, if I'm being honest, uh, I think I would look at a lot of these kind of things and say, oh, 
I don't want to be, you know, driven by numbers. Like, I don't want to be one of those sort of businessy analytics persons that's all just, you know, Mr. Spreadsheet running around and that's how I run my business. And I think as, you know, it's so often the case, viewing that as an absolute position that you're either, you know, the artisanally crafted, deep, thoughtful, you know, you know, sort of deep, you know, designing things with a great amount of opinion and thoughtfulness. You're either that or you're the other, you know, the, I don't even know, like the mustache twirling spreadsheet man. And it's like, <laughs> do they have mustaches? I don't know. Maybe they have mustaches. I, I, maybe I'm just conflating things. They now. probably did in the but, 70s. Yeah. <laughs> before, before they had spreadsheets. Um, right. <laughs> but anyway, but I suppose the reality is, is this is one of these things of like, there is so much information that is available to us that we can use to improve our choices and decisions and not availing ourselves of that is sort of just foolish at a certain point and it's in like it's just so so many things in that in my, my products and it sounds like an overcast where it's like by gathering the right amount of the right data at the right time in the right way you can really improve your decision making process and like the way you're talking this through i think it makes a ton of sense and i think especially the thing that i, I look forward to in some ways is you've already built the overcast backend it's exists it works it's been working for a decade basically right like it's it, it's it's there and i would love for you to i you know just be able to turn your focus from that to other things and would i like the end result of you know a marco completely divorced from uh, a lot of server maintenance and a lot of scaling issues and things and instead relying on CloudKit for that like i like that that, that end result sounds great but the the next six months to get there I don't like as much and I think has always been like, well, if that's if, if in the end it's the end result is so much better, it's worth that now. But like the thought of instead, if you got things stable on the servers to instead be like, you know, 2023 is the year of new features in Overcast, like how awesome would that be? Or being freed up in that way because you're just taking advantage of the thing that already exists rather than having to kind of re- reinvent it a, a second time. So I'd like in that sense, it sounds like a, a big win and certainly it's nice to not have to turn things off and you know it's like it's i mean it's, it's all these things there's always tensions and trade-offs is is the reality like i i i'm not gonna lie that there's a part of me that's like oh, i really wish you could have you know I, as i look forward to in I think was it in march i'm turning off feed wrangler and getting out of essentially the server business like i am so looking forward to that part of the year and obviously you're never getting out of the server business you run something that you know has to scrape hundreds of thousands of RSS feeds constantly throughout the day, 24 hours a day, all Millions. day. Like, Millions. okay, whatever. It's, <laughs> it, there, there, there's, a, there's a lot of internet happening there. And I, you can't get out of that internet business in that sense. But it's like, would it have been nice to be able to reduce that slightly? Sure. But, you know, as I, it sounds pretty nice is having this kind of data to be like, you know, this isn't the path. It has the, the, the downsides have now crossed over that threshold. And now... You can just focus on other things and hopefully the servers stay happy and just kind of keep trucking away as they have been. And, you know, it's not something that you're going to sort of regret in the future, but more likely or not, you know, you're you're not because it's been working pretty well up until now. Yeah. And and the times that it has worked less well were mostly because I was trying to add levels of caching and things like that, uh, you know, different, you know, data denormalization steps to make things faster that ended up resulting in possible failures and bugs like you know like one of the one of the big shifts i did over the summer that i've now 
partially, if not almost, I've almost completely gotten rid of um, was, you know, I, I was moving a lot of the um, feed contents data, like, you know, what basically my, like my JSON normalized version of what's in an RSS feed for podcasts, you know, split by episodes and everything else. Uh, I was moving that from just database reads that were cached on a couple of levels to actually like static files that were st- that were stuck onto Amazon S3 or Linode object storage um, and then proxied by Cloudflare in front of them as a CDN. So the, the idea was take a whole bunch of traffic and load off of my servers and put it on CDNs where it would not only be not served by my servers, but it would be faster and, and you know, download faster to everyone's devices, um, especially, especially, especially people who don't live near Texas. Um, and it turns out like that whole thing that introduced, you know, three different layers of possible failures and cache invalidation bugs and things like that, uh, that, you know, it just made everything worse. <laughs> and it, and like it, it didn't actually save a ton of resources like it saved some, but it didn't save a ton. My server still had to do a bunch of work. And now I just had more bugs and more costs. <laughs> and so it's like it actually backfired completely. And so, you know, getting away from, you know, all that kind of stuff as much as I can and keeping things simpler and everything is, is letting me do uh, more work. Like, you know, over the last couple of weeks, I actually started developing the back end for a feature. Um, I'm, mm, I know. A feature? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Like, you know, so everyone always gets these like Spotify wrapped, you know, year end wrap up kind of things in December. Yep, yep. And there's always this like this one or two week period in December that's just unbearable for me because all of my emails and social network responses are all about like, hey, when can we get this for Overcast? <laughs> sure. And the answer before has been, I don't have the data to do that. And, and doing that would require collecting way more data than I want to and currently can collect. Uh, well, this build that I just released um, collects that data. I had to get it out before January 1st so that your data for 2023 will be complete. But now I will have the data to say, all right, you listen to, you know, podcast number one, two, three for six minutes today. And then, you know, at the end of the year, I can show you, you know, pretty graphs or whatever. And and hopefully in the meantime, hopefully you don't have to wait till the end of the year. Like hopefully in the meantime, I will build a feature that will actually display the ongoing data or you can select you know certain time periods. Um, I have it down to granularity by day. Um, in on, on the back end, so we'll see. You know, and just you know, it's like user user four five six listen to podcast one two three for six minutes on this date. It's that that level of granularity. Um, so you know, that's that's hopefully small enough the servers won't totally collapse under all that. Um, they haven't yet. Um, so anyway, there's that, and 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 that's also using Blackbird by the way. So Blackbird is now shipping in Overcast. Um, oh, nice. Nothing else in Overcast using Blackbird yet, but but what? So but what you're telling me is it's production ready. That, that that's <laughs> yeah, what I'm right. hearing you say right there. Is it's yeah, produ- everyone- Blackbird is now production ready. <laughs> everyone should just go forth, use it in all their products. It is it is out there in the wild. Oh my ready god, for the world. Yeah, please, not quite. Please don't. <laughs> no, don't do that. That was sarcasm. Yeah. Just in case that was not clear. That was that is 100 percent sarcasm. Do not use it. Uh, Marco is the wild man doing it himself and he should be the only one who does that exactly yeah give, give me a little while to to you know tame this wild beast um but <laughs> but anyway yeah so and and it just it felt good to actually work on a feature and and to actually do something that's going to move the app forward even though it, uh, there's nothing visibly there yet to users like I, I know i'm moving the app forward uh in a useful way that that will hopefully soon result in something that people actually want um and and so just doing that just like you know what 
screw it. I'm just going to you know hit create table on MySQL that I already have, make a new table, start collecting new data, and just hope it continues to work with the systems I already have. Just And I just did it, and it worked, and I, I was able to move on and ship something quickly, and I hope to do more of that. You know, there's, there's so many features or changes or improvements that I want to make that I haven't really been able to make for a year. Uh, and, and, you know, I still have to, I still, I still want to do the whole redesign of the now playing screen. <laughs> I still want to rewrite the whole app in Swift UI. I still want to redo the whole, you know, bottom end of the app using Blackbird and Swift. And like, there's so much I want to do. And I've done almost none of it for almost a year. And that's, that's very frustrating. So now to be able to get this big, you know, this big roadmap that I had about server stuff that was going to result in pretty much no visible benefit to users to now say, you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> That's actually very freeing. And, you know, and I think it's, it's very good news for, for users. And it's very good news for me if I can keep the server stuff under control. And, and I think if I'm, if I'm careful enough and, and, you know, assuming that all of a sudden podcasts don't become the next Twitter, which I don't think will happen. Um, <laughs> I think I'll be okay. Server load wise. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be paying a little more for it, but I'll be, I'll be much more sane and I'm, I'll take that trade off. Yeah. No. And I think there is something, I mean, we, 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 you know, you and I have known each other a long time and you are always happiest when you're building features in apps, like when you're properly coding, when you're in Xcode, totally making things like that, that is a hundred percent Marco's happy place. It is my happy place too. Like it's, that's why we do what we do. That's how, why we got into this industry. That's why we are indies because we don't want to spend a lot of time in a boardroom go doing design reviews and working through stuff. We want to be building stuff. And I think any plan that increases the likelihood that, you know, your next six months are going to be very much in Xcode making stuff, like sign me up. That sounds great. And I think who knows what the future holds. Hopefully your service holds up. Hopefully everything's, you know, fine. But I think overall that's going to be a much better place to be. That's going to be a place that is much more sort of, I don't know, like defensible. That's a position that it's unlikely that it's going to be, like it may not be the optimal path, but it is definitely going to be a good path, I think is the reality. And who knows what optimal even means, but like in five years, if you look back, maybe you'll be like, oh, I wish I had done the thing. But like, there's a very good chance that isn't going to be the case. And it's going to be much better off if you've built a bunch of stuff and the app has moved forward and is modernized. And as someone who's been going through that recently myself, like I'm essentially rebuilding Pedometer++ and SwiftUI, it is amazing how transformative it's been to my experience at work where I feel so much more free and excited and able to make progress on this app that I feel like had been stuck for so long in Objective-C and UI kit just because that's what it was. And I didn't feel like I had the the bandwidth to, to work on it. And now that I have, it's like, it's amazing. And I'm adding features and moving it forward. And the velocity and sort of both in terms of the app and as well as like my personal, I don't know, like development, velo- you know, velocity, like I feel like I'm, you know, running downhill rather than uphill, um, which is just a lovely feeling. And I hope that's, you know, this seems like a good point in the year to be able to just make this decision, put it behind you, you know, for six, six months between now and W and WDC, put your head down and just focus on making stuff. And if in six months, it turns out it wasn't a great idea. It's like, okay, well you can work on it then, but between now and then you can really build some cool stuff. And that sounds awesome. Yeah. That's the thing. Like that's, that's a very good distinction because you know, it's not that I, if I, if I decide not to do this now, 
it's not that I can never do it. Like I can, if, if I decide in the future that I actually do want to go back and do CloudKit, I can do that at any time. Like I, it's it's not. There's no difference whether I do it now or in five years or never. Like there, there's no, there's no, like it's not a plan that expires. <laughs> so if that proves to have been the right path, then someday I can I can pull that lever. Uh, well, you know, someday I can spend the year it'll take to pull that lever. <laughs> sure. Uh, but I don't, but you know, right now I'm just not going to do it, and and I I currently have no plan to go that direction because, you know, what I've learned as you said earlier is like, it you know this this app by nature is going to have a bunch of servers to run. Like that's it. It's if I'm if I'm crawling millions of podcast feeds every few minutes, that's going to take a bunch of servers. Like it's simple as that. You know, keeping track of everything. You know, and sending updates to, to mobile clients. No matter what they're doing for user data, this is going to be a, a server intensive task. And, you know, so if, if I want to get out of the business of running servers, I, I can't do it with this app and I don't want to work on anything else. <laughs> so I'm going to be in the business of running servers no matter what. Um, so I might as well make a great app in the process. Yeah, no, I think that and it makes a ton of sense. And I think the biggest thing is probably just to draw a line on it and say, you know, it's like a, you know, sometimes in my to-do list where I'll have an item that I want to do and there's something powerful about just deferring it and being like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to think about this for another, you know, for six months and it'll come back to me, back, come back to you at an appropriate time but between now and then put it behind you. Don't think about it and just dive forward into the new year with, you know, new creativity and hopefully, you know, energy and ideas. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening and we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye.